Welcome back to another episode of After the Buzzer. On tap for this episode, we got MLB updates, MLB non-tender players, and our usual hot takes segment. Hope you guys enjoyed a happy and healthy Thanksgiving. Tyler, are you ready? Come on, Jack. What type of question is that? Of course I'm ready. We got our first episode after the Thanksgiving break. Like Jack said, I hope you guys had a wonderful Thanksgiving. And uh, let's hop right in to some juicy MLB updates. Why don't we? Let's do it. All right. Starting off with my New York Mets. They go out and make the first move under Steve Cohen's ownership, and they sign right-handed pitcher, relief pitcher, Trevor May. I personally love this move. Um, He's a strikeout machine, second in among AL pitchers in strikeout per nine innings last year. Uh, the guy strikes people out, doesn't allow a lot of hits. Uh, just good reliever to have in the back end of the bullpen. I like the move. I think he should stick to Twitch streaming, uh, in my opinion. But okay. that's just me being a Yankee fan. Yep. All right. <laughs> On to the next player uh, for updates. We have Adam K- Simber. Kimber? Simber? Traded to the Marlins for cash considerations. So not much, not not big moves, but, you know. It's a move for the Marlins. It is, yeah. Adam Simber struggled with the Indians. Um, maybe can get a new start with um, Miami here. Um, yeah. He's just going to come in, you know, eat innings. It's what he does. Uh, kind of have that wacky submarine-type motion. Yeah, throw, throws headers that. off with the movement stuff. So maybe he can get his stuff back together under Mattingly there with the Marlins. All right, um, Jose Iglesias traded from the Baltimore Orioles to the Los Angeles Angels in return for Garrett Stallings and John Pinto. I think I think that's how you say it. Um, two right-handed yeah, we'll pitchers. What's up? We'll, we'll go with that. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, yeah, didn't know how to pronounce it, so I'm riding with that. But that, that Iglesias- shows you something about the trade, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Iglesias had a decent year with the Orioles last year, um, but I think it's kind of just like a depth move here for the Angels. Not not terrible. Iglesias is a veteran shortstop in the league. He's been around the AL with the Tigers. Uh, I believe he played with the Reds down in the NL and then with Baltimore. So he's he's made his way around the league. Just a dependable veteran. Yeah. And uh, we got some news for the Royals. They signed Michael A. Taylor. Um, so he's a center fielder. Uh, nice little signing for the Royals there. Um, adding some more depth. Always good. And yeah. Yeah, Taylor, good depth. Um, never really found his groove with the Nationals. Uh, he no. was, he couldn't just, just couldn't put everything together. He's got great athleticism out there in center field. So um, should be. Uh, a good move there for the Royals if he can just play good defense. Maybe find this bat a little bit. Another move for the Royals, though, is they signed left-handed pitcher Mike Miner. Um, this guy a couple years ago had a great year. Many teams were were asking for him at the deadline from the Rangers. Uh, they ended up giving him to Oakland, and, yeah, he went there. It didn't do well. Um, but, you know, Royals taking a chance on him. Miner's proven he's got stuff in the past, so thinking they're looking for a dependable starter towards the top half of that staff. Um, I think this could bode well. It's, this is a low-risk, high-reward type of deal. Yeah, it is. And uh, another 
sort of deal for that. Uh, the Dodgers acquire Corey Knievel from the Brewers for a player to be named later or cash considerations. And now, uh, you know, Corey, he's coming off a rough 2020 season, but like a lot of people are. But if the, if he could get back to to his little groove, he's he could pitch some solid innings for you. And Dodgers need that. So, uh, you know, maybe he's solidifying spot uh, for them. And maybe they'll get two in a row. Who knows? You never know. Yeah, exactly. Um, Corey Knable, um, you know, this guy was a good reliever for Milwaukee, had some injury issues, and this is kind of what the Dodgers do. They take relievers that kind of fallen off a little bit, and they kind of revitalize them. Exhibit A, Blake Trinan, who had a great 2020 campaign with the Dodgers. Now is going into free agency, going to go somewhere else and get paid a decent amount of money. So uh, the, the Dodgers just do this with relievers, and I think this is going to be another example of them turning around uh, reliever's career yeah after they've fallen off a little bit all right next bit of news this was shocking news i did not expect to hear this um the phillies can no longer afford jt real muto that is what has been surfacing around apparently the phillies owner came out and said they lost too much money in the 2020 season and they just do not have the funds as a team to pay jt real muto the money he is looking for uh this is a big opportunity around the league um i don't know why if you're an owner, you're coming out and saying this publicly. I feel like this just gives other teams an opportunity to jump at them. Um, yeah, personally, I if I was the owner, I would not have come out and said this because you could play bait and just maybe trick and throw an offer in there. But I I mean, Philly's owner does what he's doing. I mean, but this is a good opportunity for teams like the Blue Jays or the Mets and other suitors for JT to hop on board. Yeah, uh, like you said, this was – surprising move by uh the owner um i'm sure a lot of teams jumped on it right away and uh called that to his team uh and yeah i mean i'm me personally i didn't think he was going to return anyway but coming out and saying it that's a whole different thing but uh the next one sticking with catchers the mets your beloved mets are officially pursuing James McCann. So that would be huge signing for them to fill that catching role. James McCann, good uh, good catcher. He'd be a good fit for them. Yeah, I would agree. Um, They're looking more towards McCann than Real Muto at this point of the search. Things can change, but the Mets have been in more serious talks in McCann than Real Muto is right now. Due to, I think this is due to the fact that the Mets want to go out and get another big name. They want to get McCann, and I think they want to go get a guy like Bauer Springer. That's exactly what I think is going to happen. They're going to make a push for a Bauer or Springer along with McCann. Uh, McCann, 26 years old. He's still heading into the prime of his career. He, the last two years, he's um, really seen his bat fluctuate. He's seen his hitting improve. And the guy's a hard worker. He was slacked on first framing as a catcher. He's been working on that. Um, I think this would be a good fit for the Mets to just fill in the gap as rising prospect Francisco Alvarez uh, is in the system and he is being raved about. So I think signing McCann would be a good kind of gap filler until Alvarez is ready for the big leagues. Yeah. All right. Uh, and our last little bit of update news here until we go into the notable non-tenders is that Blue Jays and my Mets are among other teams, among teams going after George Springer. 
George Springer, the highly touted center fielder in free agency, the 31-year-old, very athletic, good bat, clutch in the postseason. This guy brings the entire package. He hits leadoff and can hit for pop. I mean, he brings everything to the, everything to the table. Um, what team wouldn't want to go after him? I, I think the Blue Jays, as I've heard, are very, making a very heavy push to put him out there in center field and add to that lineup, which would be very good for them. And again, the Mets dire need of a center fielder. They haven't had a strong two-way center fielder in, I can't recall the last time. So <laughs> desperately in need of a center fielder, but there will be plenty of teams going after the services of George Springer for uh, the following years. Yeah. Uh, like you said, I think, uh, yeah, I think the Mets are a hell of a lot better option than the Blue Jays for Springer. But uh, the Blue Jays, they're a young, up-and-coming team, so you never know. Maybe they want to bring in a nice little veteran uh, star into their lineup. Um, but, yeah, I, th- I think the Mets going after Springer is going to be good. I think – I know Mets fans will probably hate to hear this, but I think Springer will be a better fit than Bauer would be. And uh, that's just my opinion, but I feel like the Mets starting pitching roles are fine without Bauer, but – if they could get Springer, I feel like that that fills a gap in their lineup, uh, and it could definitely help them out hitting wise. I honestly would agree, but I don't know. The Mets, it's going to see an interesting direction in which way they take this. All right, that's enough for the MLB updates. That's pretty much everything that's going on this week in terms of updates about free agency and players and stuff like that. But another bit of news actually is the notable non-tenders. The tender and non-tenders came out this week, and we're going to dive in to which players were non-tendered that um, are very interesting options for other teams to go out and get. And let's dive right into it. Hanser Alberto, our first name from the Baltimore Orioles. In 2019, he had a 305 batting average, and in the 2020 campaign, he had a 283 average, two solid averages. And he can play multiple positions, second, third, and the corner outfield spots. Um, this is a very interesting guy. I think teams should take a look at him. Um might not be your starting second or third baseman or wherever you want to plug him in, but he brings good depth and depth is really important in the game of baseball right now. Never cannot have enough, enough depth. Wow. That took a lot to get out. Tongue but, twister. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. A very intriguing option here. I think the Orioles should bring him back and, but other teams should explore his services. Yeah. Now, uh, next uh, player we got is Albert Albert Omara Jr. from the Chicago Cubs. Now, we'll get – the Cubs, they didn't tender a lot of people. We'll get to some later in the list. But uh, Amora Jr., he's a good defensive outfielder. He's a mediocre bat uh, with a career batting average of 271, and he's coming off a bad 2020 season, like a lot of people, with a 167 batting average and a 460 five OPS. So a lot of teams I'm sure will be calling for him though, because he is a good defensive player and that bat could, I mean, he could still put up decent numbers last year. I'm sure he'll bounce back a little bit. Um, yeah. I mean, the Cubs again with uh, the players will be explaining later, later, but Kyle Schwarber, they didn't tender, um, but maybe they're, they're going to need outfielders. So we'll see. Yeah, interesting to see what the Cubs will do. Almora, uh, he's he's average center fielder. I mean, 
plug them in. You're not going to get the greatest production, but you won't get the worst production. I mean, I think the 2020 exactly. season was definitely an outlier. Only 60 games. I don't personally, I don't take these statistics too hard. Yeah. Because it, it's not a full season that he could have turned it around. But then again, just going off the information we have, did not have a good 2020 season. But I think some teams will look at him for depth. Again, as I said, depth is very important in Major League Baseball, not just pitching um, position depth as well in the outfield and stuff like that. All right, on to our next uh, notable non-tender. Tyler Anderson, again, pitchers are more notable to talk about because of the fact that pitching depth is something that you very much need. Starting pitching depth, relief depth, and Tyler Anderson isn't the greatest pitcher. I'm not going to come to your come to you guys and just say that he is a stud. Um, he's a career 4.65 ERA, which is not good, but he can go out there, get you some innings if you need them. So Anderson is a guy that I think the Giants will keep due to their lack of uh, quality, quality pitching. I don't know. Their starting rotation isn't the best. I think they're going to bring him back. Um, and I and I don't think he will want as much money as he was getting. So, yeah, that's definitely what I think is going to happen here. Yeah, and uh, our next player, like you said, it's always good to have depth when it comes to pitching, but this can add a little bit more than depth. Archie Bradley from Cincinnati is not tendered. Now, he's a solid reliever. Uh, he had some great seasons with Arizona, specifically in 2017, posted a 1.73 ERA, followed up with the two all right seasons with a 3.64 ERA in 2018 and a 3.52 ERA in 2019. Now, I'm sure a lot of teams will be calling out uh, about him. He could definitely put up the innings. He could he could give you solid innings with that too. So uh, this is this is going to be an enticing option for a lot of teams. Yeah, very much agree. He's a good middle to back end guy in the bullpen. Um, as you said in 2017, he actually had MVP votes that season. He did. Um, but yeah, Archie Bradley, very very solid reliever here. He's gone under the radar. I haven't heard much about him. I think whatever team gets him is getting a quality reliever. And I think a lot of teams should look into exploring him because of what he's been able to do, especially that 2017 season. I mean, that that, yeah. that 1.73 ERA is absolutely absurd. But, yeah, Archie Bradley, very under-the-radar reliever here. I think many teams should look into signing him. Yep. All right, on to our next guy, David Dahl. And now this is another intriguing one because on a flip of a switch, he kind of just dropped off. 2019 coming off an all-star season and then 2020 happens and it was horrible. Absolutely horrible. Um, maybe a product of cores here. I, I mean, I, he was still playing at cores in 2020, but the only thing that concerns me about leaving is that maybe his numbers dip, especially batting because of, you know, the air pressure at course field that certainly helps the baseball fly a little bit farther and maybe boost the home run numbers and extra base hit numbers. So that's the only thing that concerns me about Dahl's bat, but the defense of Dahl is another very concerning factor. He's really never been good defensively. Um, I got some stats pulled up here about his defense. His defensive runs saved over his entire career have not been positive. They've either been zero or in the negatives. And that is not an enticing thing when you're looking at an outfielder defensive run saved is a very important saber metric in today's baseball. And 
a lot of the good defensive outfielders are obviously positive and the fact that it's negative, uh, not what you want to see. So the defense very much concerning about Dahl. Not saying he's a horrible defender, but he is not a great defender. And that bat is kind of up in the air for me once he leaves cores. I don't know. Yeah, it should be interesting to see uh, with Dahl. He's probably not going to be the first option for a lot of teams, but uh, if people start to go, I'm sure he'll be circled back to. Um, our next player we have up from the Atlanta Braves, Adam Duvall. So this is a little bit of a questionable move here. Uh, in 2019 and 2020, he had 26 combined home runs. He had 10 in 2019, 16 in 2020. That's pretty good considering you know, the short season 2020. So, and he had, along with the home run totals, he had an 830 or above OPS uh, in both those seasons. And in 2019, he only played 41 games. So, I mean, these numbers relative to the amount of games he played are pretty good. So, uh, this was a little bit of a, a head shaker for me coming from Atlanta. Yeah, I would very much agree. Adam Duvall put in great work for Atlanta. He he's been a home run hitter his whole career. He in the had a couple seasons in Cincinnati where he hit 30 plus home runs, was an all-star. Um I like the bat of Duvall here, honestly. Teams, he's a good defensive guy too. He, so he can hit home runs, doesn't hit for the highest average around like the 230 mark over the last couple seasons, but he does hit home runs. Can hit the ball out of the ballpark. Got a good glove out in left field. I think teams should very much take a look at him. He is, again, I think another under-the-radar guy, just like Archie Bradley. And I think if the Braves are smart, they would bring him back. All right. That's all I got to say for Duvall. On to another uh, interesting person, Michael Franco from the Kansas City Royals. He did not have the best career with the Phillies. Going to say that. As a Mets fan, I've watched some Phillies games before against the Mets with Franco. Yeah, he isn't the best fielder, but he actually had a really good 2020 season at the plate. I, I mean, eight home runs, 38 RBIs, the 278 average, and a 778 OPS. OPS isn't the best. His OPS is not the best, but it's not horrible. It is not horrible. So with one of the bright spots in the Royals lineup in the 2020 season, it's kind of interesting how they non-tendered him and maybe aren't looking into bringing him back. As This is a confusing move for me, but... Uh, that's all I got to say. Royals Royals must have a different mindset. Yeah, and who knows? With these two questionable moves, maybe there was a mutual feeling that, you know, maybe the organization is shifting in a different direction and they want to move on. But those two moves, pretty questionable uh, regarding the statistics side of baseball. Yeah, just the only thing for me is Duvall. I, I mean, I don't know why the Braves are part ways with them. I, I honestly don't know. Yeah. Let's just move on to our next guy. Yeah, next guy from the Chicago Cubs again, um, Jose Martinez. Uh, this is uh, not too much of an interesting one, but he's got a career 289 batting average, uh, 803 OPS, but he is coming off a pretty, pretty rough 2020 season where he did not record a hit in 10 games and he only had 22 uh, plate appearances. So it's not what you like to see from the, uh, the 32-year-old. Not really much here about him. Uh, I'm sure I'll get maybe one or two offers um, to add some depth. He's got the bat, uh, as you see in his career batting average. But 
is is this the downfall? Who knows? Maybe it'll bounce back. Like we've been saying, a lot of people have had a rough 2020 season. So uh, I'll get a couple offers, I'm sure, but not not too much here. Yeah. Um. Again, did not record a hit. Had a zero batting average. Uh. Let, let's just say that again. Emphasize that a zero batting average. This guy yeah. did not record a hit. He had an 045 on base percentage because I'm pretty sure he must have drawn one walk in that in those at bats. But yeah, an absolutely abysmal 2020 season for Jose Martinez. Um. Nothing else really to say about that. Again, I like what you said. They're not not really optimal for the 32-year-old. But, hey, this guy has been known as a hitter. So, you know, he maybe can turn it around in a full season. All right, let's go on. No Marmazara. And this is an interesting one again for me because this guy is really young. He's 25, maybe 20. I think he'll be turning 26 going into the next season. Not sure. But he's still young. Again, going into the prime of his career, he's hit for power his entire career. He's hit home runs. He's not not – not as good defensively, but he's still good. He can hit home runs. That's what he does. He hits the ball out of the ballpark, and he's a slugger. That's what he is, slugger. Um, a rough 2020 season, 295, 295 on base percentage, 294 slugging percentage, and a 589 OPS. Those are numbers that are not optimal for a slugger, especially the 294 slugging percentage. Um, but – uh, just not not the 2020 season Mazar was looking for. I think it is in part due to the shortened season. I think this guy still has plenty of pop left in his bat, and I think teams should definitely take a look at him. Yeah, um, it always it always you know questions me as to why teams even if for the young people for the for the young for the young players in the team just give them a contract. They, they still they're still developing. Even though he's 25, he's still developing. He's gonna get better. Uh, and who knows, next year maybe he's breakout player of the year or something. You don't know with these young players. That's why I, in my eyes, should keep them as long as you can. And, uh, yeah, this was a little bit questionable as well. Yeah, especially in baseball because yeah. you find new ways to develop. You look at – like especially with all the analytics in the game now, exactly. you have to find new ways to improve yourself. So just because you're in the major leagues – does not mean you are done developing. Does not mean yeah. you're done making refinements to be the best player that you can be. You're still developing as a major league baseball player. Even if you're Mike Trout, who's the best player in the game, he's still exactly. finding ways that he can get better and do things better that he is not doing to the best of his ability. So for, for this example, I mean, yes, the White Sox outfield is young and they have a lot of people there, which I, that that's why I think they let Masaru go. But, I mean, this guy's hit home runs. I think teams definitely got to take a look at him. Mazzara, a very intriguing non-tender here. Yeah. And let's move on to a not-so-fortunate guy. This guy has not gotten the luck of the draw either. Carlos Rodon, a starting pitcher for the Chicago White Sox. Man, has this guy got the injury bug. This poor dude cannot stay healthy. Um, the former first – actually, Tyler, do you want to take this one? I kind of kind of feel bad here. I, yeah, I think, sure. I'll take it. I stole your spotlight. Oh, good. So, yeah. As Jack was saying, he was a former first-round pick. Um, he actually got picked originally in the 16th round uh, as he was in high school, then went back to college, and then got picked in the first round. Um, and he had a pretty decent start to his career, uh, but then he had to have Tommy John surgery. So between the last two years, he only started nine games, and they, just to say the least, they haven't been good at all. So – it was unfortunate to see, 
Um, I believe it was last year, maybe an 8.2 ERA, something like that. And the year prior, uh, either a high four or low five. So not the numbers you'd like to see. Again, after uh, having Tommy John surgery, it's always hard to, per- to perform uh, to the best of your ability. Um, but, you know, I, I want to see him get a contract from team uh, and, and, you know, have a bounce back year. Uh, it's good for the mind. And, you know, if he could be consistent from now on, he's still got a long career ahead of him. Yeah, I certainly agree. This, the talent is there for this kid. And he's just, again, like I said, just didn't get the luck of the draw. He's just been banged up. The arm talent is there. And he's just got to stay healthy. I think a team will give him a chance. But I think this guy is an uh, every five-day starter. But you got to give him a slot, like a slot off every once in a while just to make sure he yeah. stays healthy. If you're signing him, you have to – play with injury concerns you have to look at the track record here and be aware that you're signing a guy who's had a history of getting hurt and you have to be precautious when you are going to use him in certain situations so that that's that's just my take on it yep um all right our next guy is eddie rosario Um, Eddie Rosario, um, very interesting option here. Um, very good arm, but isn't the best glove. And he, he's really hit well in his career with a 277 batting average. Can hit the ball out of the ballpark. Has some decent pop in that bat. Again, uh, extra base hit machine. Hit, gets a lot of doubles. I think the, the Twins are trying to open up cap at this move. Not that they didn't like Eddie Rosario. I think they just didn't want to pay him the salary that he was getting paid. And that's why they non-tendered him. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if they bring him back. Um, at this point, I'm going to say I doubt it, but I think other teams should very much, as I've said with other guys, looking at taking him as a left fielder. Yeah, I'm sure I'll get uh, a lot of offers around the league um, if Minnesota doesn't circle back on him. But uh, yeah, like you said, he's a good player to have. Um, some concerns defensively, but. If, if he goes to the right team and they work on that, who knows? Maybe he'll, he'll improve. Uh, next player we got up uh, from the Rangers, Danny Santana. Now, another injury we're dealing with. Uh, he suffered a forearm injury last year, and uh, he had to have surgery end of the season. Um, but because of that, his, his season was, again, terrible. He only played in 15 games with a batting average of one four five. And he only had eight hits uh, in total in those 15 games. So not uh, the greatest of numbers there at all. But, you know, he's got his upsides. Um, and, yeah, I mean, there's not really much to say. It's an unfortunate injury to happen. Uh, I'm not sure if he'll be ready for the start of next year. Um, but that should be interesting to see how that will play into contract negotiations. But um, I'm sure. Sure, I'll get a couple offers here and there. Yeah, I think teams will definitely take a look at Danny Santana. This guy had a solid 2019 year. He's just a good bat to have. He can play pretty much anywhere, honestly, in the outfield. Um, again, that 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 type of utility kind of feel, you can pl- plug him in any of the outfield positions, is something that teams very much would be interested in. And um, Santana does have a decent bat, so I think teams will definitely sign him, definitely give him offers. 
Yeah. Yes, the forearm injury is concerning, but I think he will rebound with this fine. You got the surgery. Uh, don't not exactly sure on the timetable of return, as Tyler said, but he will be back, I believe, at some point in the 2021 MLB season. All right. Our ne- next guy, Kyle Schwarber of the Chicago Cubs. Um, he again talking about career lows. We've said it again. And this is another case. Career low year in nearly every category. And he looks to get back to that 30 home run pace and the 250 batting average that he usually carries next season. This guy, Schwarber, again, power hitter, hits a lot of home runs, strikes out a ton. It's what you see. He's like a John Carlos Stan, Gary Sanchez. Those those are high strikeout guys, but they you, also you could hit just a lot list of home the whole Yankees lineup. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of like the Yankees lineup, which is why yeah. I was going to say Schwarber would fit perfectly with the Yankees because they love taking in power hitters who hit <laughs> lots of home runs and strike out a lot. Um, yeah, but uh, just making jokes here. Um, honestly, I could see I could see Schwarber going to Boston. That that would be an interesting option for me. I think especially with the the short wall. Oh, well, the Green Monster isn't short, but right field is short. A short wall out in right field, especially down the line. Uh, I think Schwarber would like that being a left-handed hitter. So maybe Boston's a good fit for him. Um, I don't know though. I do not think he is staying with the Chicago Cubs. I think the Cubs are trying to doing uh, a retooling of that roster to try to get back to its uh, championship contending ways. Um, And all right, um, let's go into our final guy. Tyler, take it away. Yeah. So like Jack said, we got our final guy here in the non-tendered list and it is Travis Shaw of the Toronto Blue Jays. So Shaw's been, he's been a solid hitter for most of his career. He's got a career batting average of 243. It's pretty good. Um, he spent his first two years of his career in Boston uh, and then three uh, in Milwaukee and then the past year in Toronto. So uh, he's been, he's been a solid hitter. Um, I'm sure a lot of teams will take a look at him. Uh, if I'm Toronto, I would bring him back. Um, like we've been saying for a lot of this episode, depth is something great to have in baseball. And this is a perfect example of that. Uh, if he could stay around his career batting average of around 240s, if he could creep above that, I mean, that will be great for Toronto and any other team looking for uh, some solid hitting depth. Um, yeah, Shaw, very interesting option. He's bounced around a little bit, as you said, two years of Boston, three years of Milwaukee. He was on the uh, Milwaukee uh, NLCS run back in 2018. Um, Shaw, he brings a good blend. He's solid over at first base on defense. Brings an average bat to the lineup. Again, yeah, I would agree. I think the Blue Jays definitely should look into bringing him back. I mean, he isn't the the prettiest option, but he fills in that first base spot nicely for them. And I would very much take a look into bringing him back to Toronto. Maybe maybe they're trying to explore other options at first base. I'm not exactly sure what their game plan is there, but I would definitely take a look into bringing Shaw back in Toronto next season. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's. That's it for the non-tender list of notable players here, um, and we're moving on to the final segment of this podcast, and it's a usual ending segment here. It is our hot takes. Now, due to the limit, uh, we, we we cut it down to three hot takes this week. Tyler, you you take it away first. You got a spicy right. one to start it off. Yeah. Um. This is this is uh this is the big one. Let's just say that. We're going to say the New York Jets, which I can't even believe I'm saying that they're in the NFL or they're a football team because they're atrocious. But the New York Jets will beat the Raiders. 
and they will get their first win in this abysmal 2020 season. Mark it down, Jack. All right. I'll make sure to write it down. That is a, uh, they, you're going with the Jets again. They, you, the last time you picked Damn. the Jets, they almost beat the Patriots. They, they lost did. on a, I have a game losing field goal to Nick Folk and the New England Patriots. He's going with them again. And you're talking about a winless team getting their first win of the season. Well, I'm actually talking about an undefeated team suffering their first loss of the season in what would be a pretty large upset. Two division winners going at it here. The 4-7 and seven Washington football team. Yes, a 4-7 and seven team is winning their division. Um and that kind of describes 2020. The Washington football team will end the Pittsburgh Steelers quest at an undefeated season on Monday night football. Yes, the Pittsburgh Steelers will suffer their first loss of the year. Alex Smith and company will roll into Pittsburgh. I believe the game is in Pittsburgh and will take down the Steelers. Yeah, I, I, I just have a gut feeling about this one, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I was rolling with the Jets a couple weeks ago. Last week, I rolled with Pittsburgh. Now you're rolling with Pittsburgh. Yeah, Who knows? Hey, maybe, exactly. maybe the uh, maybe you just need the name change for it to happen. Maybe. So uh, we'll find out. My next one is staying in the NFL. Actually, all three of my hot takes are regarding the NFL. Uh, something surprising for me. Um, Very much so. But my my second one is Drew Brees comes back. He with uh, his healed broken ribs, and he leads the Saints to a Super Bowl. And I'll even add, he retires after. He goes out. He goes out on a winning note, brings the Saints to a Super Bowl, wins it, and it calls it an end to a great career. Would be the second Super Bowl of Drew Brees' career. Um, yep. That would be very interesting. It would. Uh, uh, good hot take there, Tyler. My second hot take, you know, the college football hot takes I did a couple weeks ago, they kind of hit. They kind of hit. I think two of them hit, I believe. And I'm going back to it. And I'm saying that number 18, Coastal Carolina, will beat number 13, BYU, by double-digit points. Coastal Carolina currently 11.5-point underdogs. This game was recently scheduled. BYU has not played since before Thanksgiving. Coastal Carolina has played. They're fresh. I think they're ready to go. And I think they pull off the upset here. I think Coastal Carolina shows the college football world that they are legit this season. All right. We'll see. Yeah, like you said, the college football, you never know what's going to happen over there. Uh, college sports, great to watch. Great to watch. Exactly. All right. My last hot take of the episode, another juicy one over in the NFL now over to the other New York team, who's, again, not the greatest, but in their garbage time division, uh, they still have a shot at the playoffs. And this next week will solidify uh, a playoff push because they're beating the Seahawks. And specifically, they're beating the Seahawks on a game-winning field goal on the last drive of the game, despite not having Danny Dimes. Mark it down. It's going to happen. Both New York teams are going to win in the same week, probably for the first time in like a century. Don't remember the last time that happened. The, no, the first kidding. time, the first but, time in a long time. That's yeah, all you have that, to say for sure. Just for just to make it sad. For exactly. Both sides. The first time that I will, I, I can't even remember the last time. That's, that's how much, but that also <laughs> doesn't say much. Cause you know, but okay. Anyway, 
It's going to happen. Mark it down. Both New York teams win their football game. Okay. Well, Tyler is saying that Colt McCoy, Colt McCoy will lead the Giants into Seattle and take down the Seahawks. Oh, boy. That would sure be uh, interesting if that happens. But, uh, okay, I'm going to go to college basketball here. The college basketball season underway, going very well. Um, And Penn State men's basketball, they are 2-0. But they will go on the road and take down ACC opponent number 16, Virginia Tech, on Tuesday night, December the 8th. It's going to happen. Mark it down. Penn State coming off a buzzer beater win against VCU where Miles Dredd knocked down a three-pointer. They're they're buzzing after that win. That 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 gets your gets your juices flowing, and they're gonna go and take that upset win against Virginia Tech. Keep the good vibes rolling in the early parts of the season for the Penn State Nittany Lion basketball program, making up for their horrible football team. Um, but not gonna get into that now. Yeah, that's that, that, that's not all right. Okay, that's the end of the hot take segment, and that will once again conclude an episode of After the Buzzer. Tyler, thank you so much for joining me, my co-host. Of course. Um, we will see you guys soon. Episode dropping most likely next week. And hope you guys keep tuning in on, on the regular. Peace out.